0: Apostle Paul, first letter to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians, verses uh, 1 through 4, in chapter 15. Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Thank you, Kayla. Good morning. Good morning. Happy, New Year. Happy New Year. So I brought my notes with me up here because there, there was a pastor on staff in the past, and he and I would switch notes on each other without them knowing about it so you can never leave your notes anywhere because you never know what's going to happen somebody might swap them out so he would come up here and he'd start reading and it was obviously not what he was going to talk about so uh, that's just who you're dealing with this morning anyway all right happy new year Year. so uh, you've done well to be here because you could probably come up with a reason not to be here maybe it's a, a late night with family and friends Uh, Too much college football, too much food, too much rain. Or maybe you have a neighbor that was ringing in the new year. Right? Very loudly. I I wonder about the guy. I'm wondering this as I'm lying in bed with my wife and four dogs because they're freaking out, right? But I'm wondering about the guy that stands out in the rain, lighting fireworks, discharging firearms. You gotta wonder about that guy, right? We're W's, right, Pastor Mark? We wonder about those kind of things. Oh, gosh. At the beginning of a new year, we often take stock of our lives. We assess our past decisions and consider the trajectory we're on. This is the time we set or reset. Has anybody ever just changed the year at the top of your goals? I've done that, okay? (laughs) Think about Bible reading plans, Maybe consider being in a community group or getting involved in some type of service. I think January is an especially good time to reflect on what matters most in life, what's really important. So a few times a year, uh, we bring a message, we we call it, uh, preach from your journal. This is one of those times. And uh, it's a, it's an honor to be up here to do that. I was talking with a good friend of mine, Dave Johnson, about this and I said, do you have any words of wisdom? And he said, Don't cuss. (laughs) I said, okay. (laughs) Duly noted. I'll try my best. I work in an oil refinery, so you know how anything could happen, right? But uh, I'll do my best, and I appreciate Dave and our friendship. He's an amazing guy. So how has God been working in my life lately? It's been an interesting year, as I'm sure it has been for you. But in preparation for this message... It became abundantly clear to me that there's a sense of urgency in what I will do with whatever time I have left. On my board at work, I have this amazing quote, it's only one life twill soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. You just get to the point where, is it really that important? Is it of the temporal or is it of the eternal? So, what is it that I feel a need to be urgent about? I think it's all about relationships, proclaiming Christ, making disciples, loving God, loving others. The problem is our ability to do that is completely wrecked by our brokenness and our sin and can only be rebuilt by Jesus and the finished work on the cross. My conviction of late has been that I'm not intentional about sharing the gospel or living out the gospel. Oftentimes, inconsistent in both. And when it comes to sharing, that's odd because I'm very comfortable sharing the gospel. Not everyone is. I'm comfortable with that, but I wonder why I don't do it more often. I tend to let the tyranny, the urge, and overtake my activity. Allowing opportunities for kingdom impact to slip away and then dwelling on what could have been, wasting time, being frustrated. It has to be a daily decision to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow Jesus. It really is all about the gospel. And when I think about the gospel, my mind races. Just, it just becomes a blur. Uh, it's like being on a, on a motorcycle, high in the Sierras, on a single track, and you're, you're just going at a very high rate of speed, through the trees, over the rocks, around the rocks, and you're trying really hard to focus, but, uh, and sometimes we do it at night, which is even crazier if you do that at night because you can only see a little bit of out in front of you, but it's exciting, but anything could happen. But, uh, or it's like when you're in the canyon on a motorcycle and you're going through these twisty turns and it's exhilarating, it's fun, but you never know what's gonna happen coming around the next corner, like who might be in your lane, right? Uh, but when I think about the gospel, my mind does raise. And I think about the impact of the gospel. I think about the essentials and the essence of the gospel. I think about the presentation of the gospel. How can we get the gospel right? What does it mean to be gospel-centered? Why do people reject the gospel? I don't get that. Who wouldn't want that? Google that sometime. That's a whole other message. Why do people reject the gospel? I wonder about the responsibility we have in the gospel. I think about what I'm gonna do today With the gospel, I wonder if I really care enough about the lost to think that they would perish. And why do people have such a distorted view of the gospel? I just wonder. So, what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ, the righteous one, Died for our sins and rose again, eternally triumphant over all of his enemies, so that there is now no condemnation for those that believe, but only everlasting joy. The gospel is, broadly speaking, the whole of Scripture. More narrowly, the gospel is the good news concerning Christ and the way of salvation. But that's just the beginning. So I wanna talk about the essentials. What are the essentials of the gospel? Kayla read it early. From 1 Corinthians. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. These are the essentials of the gospel, the essential elements. The sin of all men, the death of Christ on the cross to pay for those sins, the resurrection of Christ to provide life everlasting for those who follow him, and the offer of the free gift of salvation to all. It's really easy, heaven's a free gift. You can't earn it, you don't deserve it. We're sinners, we can't save ourselves from sin. God is a loving God, but he's also just. By no means will the guilty go unpunished. He takes care of it in the person of Jesus Christ, who willingly goes to the cross to die to pay the penalty of our sins, was buried, rose to purchase a place in heaven for us. It's by grace through faith that we're saved, those that believe have everlasting life. It's a very simple concept. Not a concept, it's a very simple truth, the gospel. But why is it so distorted? I just don't understand. Because of the gospel, through the power of God, those who believe in Christ are not just saved from hell, we are in fact given a completely new nature with a changed heart and a new desire. A new desire, a new will, an attitude that uh, manifested in good works. This is the fruit the Holy Spirit produces in His power. Works are never the means of salvation, but they are the proof of it, as it talks about in Second uh, in uh, Ephesians two ten. Everybody talks about eight nine, they forget about ten. It's pretty important. It's not the end of it. Coming to know Christ, it's the beginning. Those who are saved by the power of God will always show the evidence of salvation, changed in their life. So, what's the urgency of the gospel? Jesus had a sense of urgency everywhere he went, everything he did. With an incredible compassion for the loss he loved, he served, healed, gave, taught, and proclaimed the gospel. In this same urgency <clears throat> and compassion, we should drive every believer to continue the same mission. There are several reasons for the urgency of the gospel. Some of them are because God deserves our worship. We're created for his glory, because we have a mission to fulfill, because heaven is glorious, hell is horrendous, and eternity is forever, because people are hopelessly lost. The gospel is urgent because people are lost, and Jesus is the only way. Those around us are seeking fulfillment, hope, purpose, and meaning in all the wrong places. They, they turn to relationships, money, material things, drugs, alcohol, to whatever, hoping that they, that will fix their brokenness and satisfy the deepest longings of their heart. Inevitably, they are left empty, alone, and more broken than before. But we have the words that bring life, meaning, hope, and healing. Jesus is the only answer for those who are hopelessly lost. I remember when I came to Christ, hopelessly lost, didn't even know how lost I was. Because things seemed like they were going pretty good. i happily married. We had one child. We had another one on the way. Uh, we were on, on track with my career. And and a business Lori and I were at an equestrian facility. Things were just going good. And, uh, but there was just something missing. And I thought, man, so this is it, this is it. Work hard, love your family, grow old and die. <laughs> <laughs> then what, right? <laughs> I just thought, man, there's just something missing. And then when I did have ears to hear, finally, the gospel became very clear to me and it changed my life forever. And that was almost 30 years ago, May 9th, 1993. Another reason for the urgency of the gospel is because life is short and fading. James 4.14 talks about uh, how life is a mist, like a vapor. You hear one minute and gone the next minute. And none of us really know how much longer we have on this earth and we have no guarantee that we'll even wake up tomorrow morning. We must take, make use of the time that God has graciously given us every day. So Lord and I, we have some property south of town and, and uh, we've been there for 32 years. We've raised our children there. And a side note here, parents, if your children, when they leave home, don't be sad. They'll come back. They bring people with them. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad thing. (laughs) Wasn't planned. But the plan early on was to maintain our relationship with our children that uh, they were always welcome. Even if we didn't agree with everything that was going on in their lives. i got to stay away from these side notes. Man, they aren't even in here. Okay, so for 32 years for thirty two years we had the same neighbors oh amazing people oh. they have since gone to be with the Lord, but they were amazing they We miss them very much. they made the great command that commandment to love your neighbor they made that easy, and we're really fortunate because we have potatoes or carrots to the south, grapes to the north, grimway to the west, and one neighbor that's a that's a blessing to have one, well, one neighbor. But anyway, great people. But when when we moved in there, my neighbor was 62 years old. I thought, oh, man, he's an old guy, right? Well, now I'm 62 years old, right? So, uh, but it, I'm just saying it, it goes by quick. you know. And they said that would happen, whoever they are, right? So I had this thought the other day. I'm just... I'm at work and I'm coming up on a, on a milestone and go to work and collect my pay like there wasn't any other way. Then I heard a voice inside me say, it was 20 years ago today. It's just like that, it goes by. So that's how long I've been working where I'm at now. The so last week, Ted and March Duncan were visiting from Colorado. He's standing right out here and he's talking to my daughter Kayla. And we've, all, uh, we've all heard this. And some of us are now doing it, but Pastor Ted, a former lead pastor for years, he's talking to Cain and he goes, yeah, I remember when you were yay tall, you know, you know how they do that. And it was just uh, like you were maybe two years old, you know, just the other day, 20 years ago, you know, we've all done that, but it goes by fast for the young people in here. They're going, what in the world is this guy going on? But you've been warned. It goes by fast. Yeah. I remember when, uh, uh, the point is I'm just trying to make is that it, it goes by quickly. There's a lot of reasons for the urgency of the gospel, but the truth is that hearing these reasons will never change anything. We will not feel the urgency of the gospel until we truly have a passion for the lost. Before there will ever be urgency in our action, there must be compassion in our hearts. We have to actually care about those who are far from God and on their way to an eternity separated with him. My prayer is that God would change our hearts and place in each of us the burning desire to see his name proclaimed among all nations and see the lost of the world saved by his grace. So what is the impact of the gospel? It's what we do with the impact that will determine or do with the gospel that that will uh, determine the impact. It's what we do with it. You know, I I said I I work for this uh, uh, current energy rebranding, but current oil refining, I've worked for them for years. But last year, we decided we're going to roll out these values. And I was part of the team that was doing that. And and a lot of work went into it, a lot of making videos and everything. we rolled out these values. We'd roll out one value a month, and they'd make a big deal out of it, have these big meetings, and there'd be the swag, you know, the the cups and the hats and the shirts and the backpacks and all that. And these five values, teamwork, safety, integrity, excellence, and family. And it's all we talked about. It was a big deal. and uh, But what happened was after the rollout, we kind of st- went back to doing what we normally do. And there was no talk of it, and there was nobody modeling those values. There's nobody living out those values, nobody talking about the values. And it just kind of went by the wayside. And I share that story with you because when it comes to the gospel, we have to live it out. So people see a difference in our lives so they're curious about what's going on with that person, right? If you've ever been around Colby, there's something about that guy, right? <laughs> I just, hey, what is it with you, right? Okay, so it's about, that ADHD things kicking in a little bit here. Okay, I'll get back on track here. All right. So when I came to know Christ, I wanted to share it with everyone. And we got involved serving in ministry right away, and Lori and I, we were, we were these Game Square directors uh, in Iwana. And, uh, there's all these kids coming across every Wednesday, but I remember the night that one of our pastors, knowing that I wanted to share the gospel, he had these three by five cards and pastor rich and, and he was writing out Romans road on those cards. And he'd like turn around and he'd be on my shoulder. And he'd be writing them out. Right. And I had those cards and anybody that was interested or not, I was going to share the gospel with him. Right. And, uh, I just, and I didn't understand why wouldn't anybody else want to do that. And I've come to realize that uh, people, instead of sharing the gospel, they'd say, well, I want my life to live, I want to live my life as evidence of being changed. And I thought, yeah, that sounds like a cop-out to me. But, But what I've come to realize is that that's the key. That's the key is living out the gospel, making yourself more attractional to what God has planned for people. Living it out every day can make an amazing kingdom impact in our sphere of influence, neighborhoods, workplaces, and families. You don't even know it. People are watching you. You're, you're, you're a good example uh, or a bad example, but you are an example. While every believer has the spiritual gift of evangelism, every believer, not, while not every believer has a spiritual gift of evangelism, every believer is called to be prepared. 1 Peter uh, 3.15 We're doing a remodel in our house and I saw it written on the wall. And I'm I'm embarrassed to say it was written there several years ago, but the remodel has been revisited and we're back on track. We're gonna get that remodel. But it says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks, asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. I just love that verse. Because it's not only what we're saying, it's how we're saying it. Got this friend uh, from work, Freddie Espinoza. There's a group of us, uh, my son and uh, uh, DJ's involved in that, but some guys from work, we go on these motorcycle adventures and they are always an adventure. But anyway, so we're high in the Sears one night and we're around the campfire and Freddie Guys have this really stupid look on their face, right there. When, when you're around a campfire, you're, you know, you're like, you know, a million miles from nowhere, and they're just zoned out completely. And so we're we're all staring into the fire, but just out of the blue, Freddie goes, "Donnie, what do you believe? What happens when you die?" And I'm going, "Oh yes, yes," because it's different if I was to say. Hey Mark, that could be either one of you, right? Okay, hey Mark, sit down. Let me tell you what I believe. They're gonna listen to that differently versus if one of these Marks said, Hey, what do you believe? So that night when Freddie says, What do you believe? It was a great chance for me. And it, it was like sent from God because he said, What happens when you die? Because when I grew growing up, I had no idea what would happen if I were to die. And I was around a lot of different Religions and a lot, but I just had no idea. A good friend of mine drowned in the Salmon River when I was in high school. I asked, what happens when people die? Nobody could really tell me. It's terrifying to grow up not knowing what would happen if you if were, what's the old EE question, right? If you, are you in the place in your life where if you were to die today, do you know what, you know? I didn't know, but I could share with Freddie that night what I believe happens to be absent from the body and present with the Lord and, the, and the, the plan of salvation. I shared it with him and he was listening because he asked because hopefully I've been living out the gospel around him enough that he knows. And Freddie can't eat without somebody praying for the meal. That's the other thing about Freddie I love him about. It. But anyway, so the point is that living it out is gonna make the difference. The best way to impact our culture to reach the ever changing world with the never changing gospel is to live it out and be prepared. So, what are the takeaways? What are the takeaways with this? So first of all, if you haven't accepted the gift of salvation, you need to do that. There's never a better day, the first day of the first month of a new year, to start off fresh. Okay? If you don't know for certain, if you haven't made that decision to trust, Christ, today's a great day to do that. Are you living out the gospel in everyday relationships? Do you have a sense of urgency concerning the gospel? Are you prepared to give an account for the hope that is in you? Those are the takeaways for today. I'm gonna pray and then we'll have some of our uh, team up here, some pastors, elders, staff, if you wanna make that decision today, it's a good day to do that. If you have something else you wanna pray about, it's a good time to do that, all right? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just, we just praise you in all things. You are so amazing, we love you. We, uh, we pray that all we do brings glory to you. We, uh, we confess our sins, it's a new year, it's time to start fresh, start anew. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your many blessings. I just pray that uh, if there's someone that uh, is not sure about what would happen if they die, if they're not sure about the joy that they could have, the, 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 the uh, peace that surpasses all understanding that you provide, if, they, if they're not sure about that, I, I pray that they would do something about that, dear Lord. I just love you and praise you Lift this time up to you and thank you for it. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen.